This podcast is brought to you by Knowledge at Wharton. Welcome back to the Knowledge of Wharton podcast. I'm Rachel Kipp, Associate Editorial Director of the Knowledge of Wharton website. Today we're going to talk a little bit about entrepreneurs and age. Mark Zuckerberg and Bill Gates founded their path-breaking companies when they were still in their teens. Steve Jobs founded Apple just a few, few years later at 21. Those stories might have you believe that younger entrepreneurs are actually the most successful. But Wharton's Danny Kim says that they may actually be exceptions to the rule. He's co-authored a new study that looks at the connection between age and high-growth startups. Danny, thanks for being here. Thank you for having me. So there's a song out there that goes, age ain't nothing but a number. But in this case, why is it important to kind of ask this question of what, what age are their more successful entrepreneurs? Yeah, that's a great question. So there's this prevailing view that entrepreneurs, especially the most successful ones, tend to be young. So, for example, Paul Graham, a prominent venture investor, he once quipped that when evaluating entrepreneurs, the cutoff in investors' heads is 32. And after that, they start to become a little skeptical. And if that perspective is true, it raises a lot of questions on why experience doesn't seem to matter for entrepreneurship like it does for other types of careers. Now, what are some thoughts out there about, like, what are some of the advantages that younger people might have when trying to found a successful company? And then by the same token, some advantages you might have if you're a little bit older when you do this. Right. So there's some theories on why young people might be better entrepreneurs. So two ideas come to mind. One is that younger people might be more capable of disruptive ideas because they're less beholden to existing paradigms or, or ways of doing things. So as a result, they might be better positioned to, to come up with new groundbreaking ideas. The second idea related to that is young people just have more time and energy. And because starting a venture is a really taxing journey, you know, that might put them in an advantage. So to look at this question, how did you kind of pinpoint both age and then also look at, like, separate out kind of these startups mm-hmm. and these high-growth startups from mm-hmm. just any any business? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so to provide a systematic answer to this question, uh, what my co-authors and I have done is leverage uh, confidential administrative data sets from the U.S. government that really allowed us to study the population of entrepreneurs in the U.S. Uh, to have real findings on this, on this question. And what were some of the most surprising findings? I think probably starting with what was the magic number? Sure. So first of all, uh, among all the entrepreneurs in the U.S. between 2007 and 2014, at the time of founding, the average age was 42. Now, the vast majority of these companies are small businesses like laundromats and restaurants that have you know, little to no intention of growing to become a large organization. So to reshift uh, our focus on high-tech startups, which are probably the more prototypical uh, startups we have in our minds, uh, we looked at um, the high-tech industries as well as venture capital-backed and patent-owning firms, so the the really high-tech of the bunch. And there, the average age was slightly higher, 43. And then when we zoomed in these entrepreneurial regions like Silicon Valley or even Boston, uh, we found that the average age was actually still in the early 40s. And so you actually have, in the paper you point out, you actually gave a batting average for creating successful firms. And I want to make sure you share that. Exactly. So the real question here is what about the most successful entrepreneurs? I mean, it's possible that the extreme upper tail is where maybe perhaps uh, the, the younger entrepreneurs really shine. So we looked at the fastest growing startups in the U.S., uh, that would be the top 0.1% in terms of their employment growth over five years. And in that region, the average, weight, uh, average age was actually higher at 45. 
And when we take a different definition of success, which would be exits through an IPO or an acquisition, the average age was still you know, in the mid-40s. So there seemed to be this very consistent finding that the likelihood of entrepreneurial success rises with age. Now, you also did a lot of looking at, I mean, it's not just this pinpointing this just this age of 45, but your paper also does a lot of interesting looking at there's other kind of peaks and valleys that you found with age and entrepreneurs. Yeah, exactly. So uh, I think an underlying question here is what is driving the age effect? Because age reflects many, many things in life. So we know that with age, I mean, many benefits accumulate, including your social ties. So, you know, your relationship with suppliers and potential hires and co-founders as well as financial wealth and human capital that you gain from working in, in different companies. So what we found to be the most supportive in, in really explaining this link between age and entrepreneurial success was prior experience. And what I mean by that is the number of years that one spends in the same industry as the startup was really predictive of that company's uh, future performance. Now, were there also trends among like founding teams? I mean, often it's not just one person who's behind a startup. It's a bunch of it's a group of people. Right. So that's a great question. So that is a, a ripe area for research. So what we've done is take the, take the average age within a founding team. And just for robustness checks, we've taken the oldest founder and the youngest founder. But you're right that there could be some areas that we could explore in terms of you know, age diversity in a team. So you could have the Zuckerbergs and Sheryl Sandbergs in a team where you have a very young entrepreneur and perhaps an older manager to really uh, balance out those views. But we haven't really directly tested for those stories yet. Now, speaking of the Zuckerbergs and the Bill Gates, now when I said they might be the exception to the rule in the beginning, your paper actually kind of looks a little closer at that. And what you kind of argue is that it's not that they're necessarily outliers, but that we might be looking at the question wrong in terms of looking at their whole career. Right. I mean, the first point would be that when you look at just the Zuckerbergs and Gates of the world, you're really cherry picking the examples that the media likes to really show. But even when we look at those individuals and look at their career histories, there's some evidence that over time, they even get better as operators and entrepreneurs of real companies. So um, even in that example, we have reasons to think that age is still an advantage in terms of being an entrepreneur. So it's not that Mark Zuckerberg reached his peak at 19 or right. that Steve Jobs reached his peak at 21. I mean, you point out that, you know, after 21, Steve Jobs did all sorts of things, exactly. that Elon Musk has done all sorts of things mm -hmm. since founding Tesla. Mm -hmm. and, and we want to caveat this, which is some ideas just can't wait. So Zuckerberg founding a company at age 19 was actually the right time to do that. So we're not saying, you know, you should only be an entrepreneur when you're 45. I mean, there are some caveats and, and outliers here. But we're trying to make this general point that this link between entrepreneurship and age is a really strong one. Well, and one thing I was curious about is, I mean, it's not unusual around here at Penn, at Wharton, to mm -hmm. meet undergrads who have startups or even high school kids mm -hmm. who mm -hmm. are veterans of startups. Yeah. And so I wondered, I guess, what does this research speak to, I guess, how we teach about entrepreneurship to younger people? I mean, probably we shouldn't discourage them, but I mean, does it change what you think the message should be? Yeah, so there are a lot of implications for, I think, educators like us here at Wharton, you know, as well as policymakers and really thinking about how do we promote entrepreneurship. So in teaching entrepreneurship, you know, universities tend to focus on encouraging students to start new companies while they're in school or, you know, shortly after graduation. But perhaps that's the wrong model because what these results are showing us is that this might lead to suboptimal entry of young workers into entrepreneurship. And what I mean by that is this might be very premature of a career move. 
uh, because their chances might have been better as entrepreneurs if they had gained more industry experience prior to starting their own company. So I think as a result, we might want to think about how do we promote better entrepreneurship, which is by encouraging students to gain relevant experience before diving into their own ventures. It also seems like it might also say, like, just because you do one startup, maybe when you're younger and it doesn't work, that doesn't Mm -hmm. mean it's the end of the story for you because your peak might actually have not come yet. Exactly. And, you know, there's the whole mantra of fail fast. Um, so we so we also need to look at serial entrepreneurs of whether it really makes sense to to try and then fail. And then if that actually helps you become a better entrepreneur, I think, you know, the the, the jury's still out on that question. And, and we hope to really um, study that as well. And how do you hope that founders and also funders engage with this research? I know one thing you point out in the paper is that, and you pointed out at the beginning here, is that mm-hmm. sometimes a lot of venture capital, there's sort of the idea out there that they're in, they, they favor the young. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. this research speaks to maybe that that might not be the best approach to take. Yeah. So as a little general background here, so what we did in the first place was actually just look at venture investors and their portfolio companies and then their founders just to see whether this age bias actually appeared in the companies that they invest in. And we found that to be true is that they really invested in younger entrepreneurs um, among the three venture capital firms uh, that we looked at. So there, there are two things that could be happening here. One is they could just be misinformed. So perhaps they just didn't know that there is an age advantage in entrepreneurship, and now you know they're more informed. The second one is more nuanced, which is they may know what's happening, but they also know that there's greater perhaps bargaining power against young entrepreneurs. So this is um, more of a kind of rational bias, if you will. Uh, so it's really unclear why and how the investors are really taking into account of the age effect in entrepreneurship, but there seems to be this bias among the venture investors towards younger entrepreneurs. So finally, I guess, what do you hope that maybe older people take from this? So, I mean, does this also this research also speak to, I mean, 40, well, I'm about to turn 40, so I hope it's not that old. <laughs> but um, does it speak to this idea of maybe we should be talking to mid-career professionals or even late-career professionals a little bit differently about entrepreneurship as well? Yeah, that's a great point. So I've actually spoken to many executive MBA students who are you know, generally in their early 40s, not late 30s. And I've heard many um, perspectives that they, it might be too late for them to become entrepreneurs. And what we want to do is really discourage or dispel that myth because what we're finding is they actually might be in the best position to start new companies. Great. And what are some other future lines for this research? Sure. So one uh, paper that we're trying to do right now is on immigration. So we've been really fascinated by both uh, the role that entrepreneurs play in the U.S. in terms of creating new jobs through new ventures and by how population-level data sets like this really allow us to study this in a comprehensive way. So what we're doing is we're looking at uh, immigrant entrepreneurs and the role that they play in creating jobs in the U.S. economy versus uh, the jobs that are perhaps being taken, quote-unquote, by new immigrants in the U.S. and really comparing that uh, two streams. Danny, thanks so much for being with us. Thank you very much. You can find all of Knowledge at Wharton's articles, podcasts, and more on our website, which is knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu. You can find all of our podcasts on Apple's podcasting app or your other favorite podcasting platform. If you like what you hear, please leave us a comment or a review. It really does help like-minded folks to find the show. Thanks for listening. For more insight from Knowledge at Wharton, please visit knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu. 